0: And now here's the host of the Talent Talk radio show, the founder and CEO of People G Two, Chris Dyer.
1: Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to Talent Talk. It's Tuesday, so we are live here with two fantastic guests to talk about leadership, culture, engagement, and everything around talent. So, what is our talent, uh, talented people, doing, and what are we doing uh, to be more talented in our everyday lives? So, really looking forward to our conversation today. And really, this conversation is something we've been having here for you know four or five years now, and we've had so many great stories that uh, I was able to put them in my first book, The Power of Company Culture, uh, which has really been inspired by so many of the great guests we've had and my own story with my company. And uh, hopefully, you can check that out at some point. Um, but really, this is about us. You know, I, I try to find people through my journeys, through shows, conferences, uh, LinkedIn, wherever I might run into them. And if it seems like they might have something cool to talk about or to say, um, I like to have them on the show and we'll have a little conversation. So that's really why this show exists is to ha- have this great conversation, but allow you to listen in as well. So hopefully you might learn something. And along the way, we realized we could also have you be a part of this. So whether you're listening live or if you're listening uh, after the fact on the podcast, that's cool. We'd love to have you. You know, tweet your questions, your comments. You can send them to at two. You can use the hashtag talent talk, all one word. Uh, my associate producer Sarah is uh, live tweeting them. So, if you find uh, the actual tweets, some of the best, you'll see the guest handles there, and we'll have some of the best little one-liners kind of going in there live as we go through the show today. Um, don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, on iHeartRadio. If you use one of those two, you should subscribe to us there. Go to talentalkradio.com. You can subscribe there through Podbean or whatever, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Please subscribe to our show. Make sure you don't miss a single episode because you never know who we're going to have on the show. And would love to have you follow that. So, um, all right. We got the business out of the way. Let's go ahead and get to my guests. Uh, my first guest today will be Ken Meeks, the president and CEO of Resource One International. And then we're going to bring in my uh, buddy, Nathan Hirsch. Uh, I was on his podcast just recently. He's the owner of FreeUp. Uh, free with three E's, by the way. Um, But Nathan will join me in here at the second half of the show. But let's go ahead and bring in my first guest. Ken, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. It's an honor, sir. Well, really uh, excited to have you on the show here today and appreciate you being with us. You know, why don't you get us all kind of level here and and tell us who you are, what you do, what's important for us to know here for our conversation today. Sure. Sure.
2: So I've been in a t- a talent management uh, for about 30 years. I began in the uh, restaurant side of hospitality at the age of 23 uh, years old and joined a company based out of Kansas City, now known as the Hooligans Restaurant Group. I was an internal recruiter for about 10 years. Uh, the company went through some f- financial troubles a couple of different times. And after uh, a Chapter 11, uh, on a Friday afternoon, I was laid off with 19 other executives Opened up my company uh, the following Monday, and uh, it's been in operation for almost 21 years now. We still do focus on uh, the restaurant side of hospitality. We're not limited to that. We did start franchising approximately four, four and a half years ago. We have 25 franchise offices now across the country. We do recruit uh, in all 50 states. As I mentioned, most of our uh, services are provided to the restaurant side of hospitality, but we also do a fair amount of work uh, in other industries. But um, uh, that that's a bit about myself, and um, again, it's a pleasure, Chris, to be on the show.
1: So one of the things that's been uh, kind of fascinating to talk about, and this has been with our guests that are CEOs, our guests that are heads of, of HR, but more specifically a really a big topic for our people in the staffing and recruiting area uh, which is certainly where you're at so um, how are you finding good candidates when unemployment it feels like it's near zero uh, you know when, when when so many people are employed right now how are you guys kind of you know addressing that challenge and, and being able to help your clients fill uh, their you know needed positions that are open
2: sure it's a great question You know, in in this economy with unemployment, as you mentioned, Chris, almost at zero, um, uh, a successful recruiter has got a database of candidates that uh, he or she has worked with in the past. We leverage that database to network and get other names of candidates that might be uh, interested in hearing about opportunities. With the majority of folks already working versus – and a couple of years ago, there were there was a, a fair amount of uh, candidates out there looking for work that were unemployed, where a simple ZipRecruiter ad or uh, Craigslist ad would generate a fair amount of traffic. Now, ads really don't generate much traffic. So the only way you're going to survive in this economy is to be able to work that black book and network. Uh, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier, uh, Chris. We do a lot of work on LinkedIn as well. Uh, We do use the in-mails as well as just using LinkedIn to cold call. The beauty of LinkedIn uh, and then cold calling is you've got the candidate's profile, oftentimes a picture right in front of you, so you can um, very easily find the phone number of the organization you're trying to reach, ask for the individual you're looking for, and then, of course, once on the phone with, with the candidate, um, the key is the, the elevator speech. You've got to have that, that down. You've got roughly 45 to, to 60 seconds uh, to get their attention uh, and then to perhaps schedule a, 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 time, a time in the future uh, to get further uh, more in-depth with the opportunity that you're, uh, you're trying, to, trying to present the candidate. So it's, it, it's kind of old school. When I started 30 years ago, uh, the Internet didn't exist. These job boards didn't exist. Uh, technology was a phone book so if um you couldn't smile and dial in cold call you couldn't survive and with the um with technology and the job boards uh, exploding in the last uh, 15 or 20 years it's made a lot of recruiters pretty lazy uh, in my opinion and where it's it's easy as long as you've got a few hundred bucks in your uh your bank account you can run an ad and you can get you know pretty decent traffic nowadays it's, it's like it was uh, 30 years ago. You've really got to be on the phones and, and pound those phones. And the ones that can, the ones that are not afraid of that, uh, and, and then knowing how to use LinkedIn uh, as well are the ones that are going to survive.
1: Yeah, and so you kind of mentioned a couple of different things there with not only some of the specialties that you have. Obviously, you have that kind of background in hospitality, but that's not the only place that you're working inside of there. But also sort of in the process and the way in which you're doing it. I mean, I I can't agree with you more about we have worked with lots of different recruiters and even filling our own positions. And it often feels like there's a laziness to just sort of looking in one spot or one thing and you kind of get the same, you know, you're getting the same look at the same people over and over again, as opposed to maybe finding somebody fresh or new that maybe mm-hmm. c- can be a great fit for your company. So, uh, are there other things that you're doing, uh, you know, that kind of differentiate your you, you guys from your competitors in that space? Uh, do you have other sorts of, of specialties or areas where you feel like you're you're particularly good? I mean, I guess sort of in the ideal situation. What are you guys doing when you feel like you're doing your best work?
2: That's a great question. So what would separate um, a resource one candidate, I think, from our competitors is the fact that we truly do a full interview with 100% of our candidates that we do present to a client. And when I say a full interview, I mean about you know, 35 to 40 minutes with each candidate. Uh, we will go through their background, of course, and oftentimes we have to re- redo the resume, uh, probably over 50% of the time that we do get a candidate's resume whether it be from LinkedIn or off a, a posting, it needs some work. So we're oftentimes, you know, reworking the resume, making sure it's perfect. But our write-ups include all of our notes on why we feel the candidate is a fit for the client. We are, we feel we are truly an extension of our client's uh, HR department, operations department. Uh, we really get to know our clients. We spend time with our clients as much time as possible so that when we're on the phone with the candidate, we can best represent that client to the candidate in order to make sure it's a good fit. So by the time the uh, candidate is forwarded to the client, um, the, the candidate is 100% interested in the client. We've done our best to completely vet out that candidate for what the client is looking for. Uh, in our write-ups, we attach any social media pictures we can find. Uh, oftentimes, we're recruiting in markets where we don't live, so we're unable to do face-to-face interviews. We do, we do do face-to-face interviews when possible, but more often than not, uh, their phone interviews uh, are a video call, and so we do have a fill for the you know some of the interactions that you, you can get when only sitting down uh, in front of uh, the person that you're uh, you're representing. So for resource one, I th- I think what separates us, what what our clients are telling us, is, is that. We save them time. So, one of the pushbacks that organizations have is, you know, Chris, is the fee. Oftentimes, that's a that's a hurdle. But if they feel that we can save them time, uh, sitting through resumes, uh, interviewing candidates that aren't aren't the right fit, and then you know perhaps bringing them somebody that they can't get their hands on, somebody that's already employed, somebody that's not, you know, already applying through job boards, that they're they're happy to pay the fee if we can represent somebody that's a cut above and, and, and save them time.
1: Right, right. And, and that's so important, especially, you know, given that we're trying to find these people. And in many cases right now, a lot of what we're doing is convincing people to, to move as opposed to getting someone who maybe you know, left one job and is in transition, we, we tend to be finding people who are perfectly happy where they're at and we got to convince them to get them to move somewhere else where it might be a better fit for them. It may be a better opportunity for them and certainly a better opportunity maybe for the company. You know, beyond that, I guess, what, what sort of makes a, a healthy and happy uh, Resource One market partner if we kind of expand that that uh, conversation?
2: Yeah, so the 25 market partners' backgrounds, if you would go to our website and and review them, you would find that the majority of them are operators or ex-operators that have been um, everything from a general manager to regional manager, regional vice president, director of operations. And the, These are folks that, that are industry experts, in, again, in, on the restaurant side of hospitality, but they're at a point in their career where they've maybe been laid off one too many times or they're tr- tired of traveling. They're tired of getting phone calls at you know, wee, wee hours of the night. Uh, because there's different issues at their restaurants. Uh, they're tired of working nights and weekends and holidays and, of course, traveling. So they, they, the thing that they miss, I will tell you this, Chris, that the thing that they miss is the, the guest interaction, the, the direct feedback you have when you touch a table and ask a guest how their meal or their experience was. But you do get to a point where, whether it be your, your 30s, 40s, 50s, or even 60s, you just – even though you miss that and you can't replace that from your home office and doing work on the phone and on the on a computer you're still in operations you're still talking to folks in operations and helping them you're still interviewing candidates in operations you're making good money you've got control of your schedule and um you know it, it, you dictate how much you work and you dictate how much you make and in our industry uh in the recruitment industry there is a direct correlation, as I'm sure you know, between effort in the chair, behind the computer, on the phone, and your, and your income. There is a one-to-one one direct correlation. The folks that are successful with Resource One, and I feel any other organization, the ones that are you know six digits and more, they're the ones that are putting in the, the 30, 40, 50 hours a week on the phone. The ones that are struggling are probably the ones that are putting in, you know, three four hours a day, and it's there's just a direct correlation to it.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, there's so much that uh, we we see with you know how people interact with how they like their job, how the you know how, the the values of the company, the culture of the company, the people they work with, their their managers, their leaders. It all kind of goes into this big. I don't know if you want to call it a soup or a salad, but, you know, it all gets kind of mixed together to hopefully be something that, that works well for people. You know, our, inside of that, what are you seeing maybe from your clients outside of resource one? But what are you sort of seeing from the best of, of the best for clients that are doing it right? Maybe creative things they're doing as employers or things that they're doing to, to be more um, to, to look better, to be more uh, the kind of employer that someone wants to come so that they can get candidates at a much higher level. Yeah. Well,
2: so you know, in this um, in this economy where unemployment is at zero, organizations that are winning have to think outside the box. So in other words, Chris, if you're if you're only thinking you're looking for someone with so many years of experience and a certain kind of education and they're five foot three with blue eyes and brown hair, you're gonna have a real hard time. But if you can if you can take the blinders off and say, Okay, We've got a good training program, and that's the key. They have to have a good training program, but if they they have a good training program and they they believe in their development tools that are in place, they can take somebody with uh, intellect and personality, right? So if they've got the brain power, and they've got the want to, and they can get along with others, and your training program is strong enough, you can take somebody with less years of experience and maybe education than what, than what you may have wanted two or three years ago when you could have gotten it, right? But now you can't get it. So there are still companies out there that are still saying, hey, we have to have that, Ken. We don't want your guys and gals at Resource One to afford us folks unless they've got so many years of experience. Well, you know, sometimes it it will it, be a week or two, and we don't we haven't found a candidate for them, and they call us and say, hey, what's going on? Why haven't you sent us candidates? And, and I'm like, you know, Chris, you said you need so many years of experience and so much education and, and all these other things, and I'm having a hard time finding it. And I told you when you asked me for this three weeks ago, it was going to be a hard time. So the ones that are winning are thinking outside the box, and they're bringing in folks with maybe a little bit less, um, little bit less years of experience in education than they want. And then the other thing organizations are doing is they're looking at some of the, quote-unquote, more seasoned candidates that are out there, that are in their, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, that are willing and, and able to continue to work and can, can bring value into the organization in certain roles. Um, and I'm sure everybody uh, here online and over the airwaves, we all eat out. And we, we are starting to see more and more folks that might be, you know, our, our parents' age or my, my age. I'm in my early 50s. You know, in roles that might not be as traditional as in the past, but these folks are what. They're, number one, what they're finding out is, it's harder for them to find jobs in certain areas where years ago, when they were in their 20s and 30s, of course, there were jobs everywhere. But as we get older, the reality is, it's just harder and harder to find employment. Unfortunately, it's that's just the way it is. But some organizations in our industry are taking a real good hard look, a progressive look at bringing some of these folks back into uh, roles because there just isn't the talent, the, the talent pool out there anymore like there once was.
1: Yeah, and uh, Gallup had some really interesting data around engagement come out uh, a year or two ago. One of the most fascinating areas that I kind of grabbed onto was that the most engaged generation right now is baby boomers uh, in the workplace. And what an opportunity if you can bring in someone, you know, often I, I have a uh, consult with a lot of different organizations and sometimes they'll have these real culture problems and wonder why. And it's like, um, you know, who are you guys hiring? And they're like, well, everyone here is basically 18 to 22 who we're bringing in. Right. And they have no perspective. They have no, you know, sort of connection to, to the overall work that's being done. And yet they can bring in someone much older uh, and they have huge engagement to bring in a wealth of knowledge, be a mentor, be a be a great coach, or or, or someone to to a lot of the other young people they are bringing into the organization, uh, and it really really can work well uh, for them. And I think it's sort of a strategy that a lot of organizations are starting to think about, but really it's been quite uh, overlooked quite a bit. So,
2: yeah, the um, other thing I wanted to mention about organizations that are that are cut above are cut above and winning in our space, they're the ones that have. Um, a decision-maker that's involved in the, the interviewing process that is really engaged with us and really engaged with the candidates. We've got some organizations, unfortunately. We'll send a resume over of a fantastic candidate on a Monday, and a week will go by, a second week will go by, and sometimes even longer, and we don't hear back from the client. Obviously, that makes it harder and harder on us to keep the candidate on the line and keep them interested. Right. So I know they're busy, and they've got so many other things on their on their plate to do. And oftentimes, recruiting, especially for HRMs, you 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 pull ten HRMs, and nine and a half are going to tell you the recruiting piece of their their job is their um, you know least favorite. So they put it off. And these operators that are running around running these restaurants, the regional managers. They've got so many other things to do, and so that candidate unfortunately sits there in their sits there in their inbox for days and days. So we're, the guys that win with Resource One, the market partners that win with Resource One, we are pounding the phones, texting, uh, emailing, and calling um, twenty four not twenty four seven, but seven days a week. You know, up to a certain point in the evening, I will text somebody. I won't text after nine o'clock at night, but. Um, if I've got a good engagement with my candidate and a good engagement with my 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 HRM or my operating partner, that's a decision maker in the process. And I know my candidate's got time available first thing in the morning, and I can get it scheduled tonight at 7 o'clock at night while I'm sitting having dinner with my family. I'm going to take two or three minutes out of my time while I'm having having dinner, and I'm going to get that interview scheduled for 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to wait until 8, 8 in the morning to try to get a hold of my guy who's gonna do the interview, because then it's too late. And in this business-
1: And that's huge, that's huge. I mean, I have a couple friends that are in transition right now, and they said one of the biggest issues is a lack of communication and a lack of moving to the next step because the organization is so confused or overworked or just have so much Mm -hmm. going on and they need these candidates in the door and yet no one's making the effort to just schedule the next thing so they can get to the finish line, right, to bring that person on board uh someone who passed up on what he thought was his dream job because they just kept delaying not communicating and he said that's how they're going to be with me now wait till i'm an employee exactly Um, you know forget it so you know we're almost out of time here i want to make sure that we ask you a couple key questions uh that is how can people find out more about you about your company resource one international what's the best way for them to find out more
2: uh, Chris, the best way to find out more about Resource One International, whether you, you may possibly have an interest in, in, uh, in franchising opportunities, or you're a candidate that needs some help, or you're with an organization that needs some recruitment help. And again, we're not just limited to hospitality, but that certainly is our niche. We are at www.r1 the number one, r1 recruitment, R E C R U I T M E N T dot
1: R1recruitment.com. I got it. So hopefully they can go there no matter who they are and they can find out more. Uh, sort of have something for everyone there, the employers, the imp- potential employees. Um, and certainly if people are interested in franchise opportunities, like you said, or even want to come work for you, that's where they need to go. Uh, last question. Is there a book that you're reading right now that we might, uh, think about reading, putting on our, on our reading list to hear this summer?
2: You know, um, to be frank with you, I, I, I'm reading a, a book called Grace for the, Grace for the Moment, uh, Max Lucado, L-U-C-A-D-O, and um, I'm not an overly, you know, re- I'm not a guy that's going to push religion on folks, but I do believe in a daily prayer. Uh, it's a book that one of my daughters bought for me here recently. Uh, I I re it, it's a it's a devotional for every day, so it's about a, about a two two and a half minute read per day. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I fell behind uh, the last couple months, and so I'm trying to get caught back up. But it's a way for me to kind of stay stay grounded, and to think beyond the moment, think beyond the worries of the day of my job, and 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 remember what I'm working for, which is the family that I have at home, and my friends, and my neighbors, and such. So. Not to sound sappy about religion, but right now that's what I that's what I'm reading.
1: Well, I think, however, you want to interpret that, whether it's a reflection, if it's a devotional, if it's a prayer, if it's a meditation, if it's uh, just thinking about what you're thankful for for today, I think that that exercise in itself is certainly a really uh, a great thing for a lot of people. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you get caught back up and can get it going again. Uh, we appreciate you suggesting the book. Uh, this is why we ask the question: everyone has such different answers and. Uh, we love to share with our audience what our guests are, are thinking about. So, uh, Ken, thanks so much for being on the show today and, and sharing all your insights uh, for our listeners. Uh, and hopefully we have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the stuff that you're doing.
2: Chris, it's been a pleasure, sir. I appreciate the opportunity and wish you all
1: the best. All right, thank you. We'll take a quick commercial break here and we'll bring in my second guest, Nathan Hirsch.
3: Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months, and the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome
1: back to the Talent Talk Radio show uh we're gonna try to work on my volume here a little bit uh looks like we got that uh, figured out but we're gonna go ahead and bring in my next guest uh nathan hirsch Uh, i was on his show recently uh he's the owner uh and podcaster as well but owner of free up uh as a reminder don't forget we are live tweeting all of this so don't forget to follow us there on twitter and get it. uh you know be a part of the conversation uh tell us what you like argue with us whatever you know, uh, at PeopleG2, hashtag Talent Talk. And you can go to towntalkradio.com and make sure that you uh, subscribe and hear our show. So this one will be up on the podcast in a couple weeks. But let's go ahead and bring in Nathan. Nathan, welcome to the show.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, uh, what keeps you busy. And, of course, tell us all about Free Up and what that's all about.
4: Yeah, so I'm a longtime e commerce seller. I actually started my my first Amazon business back in 2008 out of my college dorm room. And I scaled that business using remote freelancers, virtual assistants. I was 2021. It was pretty tough to hire people in person. No one wanted to work for me. So I went to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fibers, and I got pretty good at it. I hired some good people that are still with me today, but I also made a lot of bad hires. And I really just hated the process of, posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one with very little protection on the back end. I mean, if they quit, I I had to start that process over again. So three years ago, I started my own platform, FreeUp, where we get thousands of applicants every week. These are virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies from all over the world. We vet them for skill, attitude, communication, take the top 1% and let them in, and then make them available to people quickly whenever they need them on the back end with twenty four seven support in case they have even the smallest issue and a a no turnover guarantee if someone quits for any reason we cover replacement costs and and get them a new person right away so that's really what we've been working on a marketplace that's focused on on the pre-vetting the speed the customer service and the protection and it's been a lot of fun scaling this over, over the past few years and helping a lot of businesses and freelancers
1: so what makes FreeUp kind of different from other hiring platforms? It certainly sounds like you're, you're focusing on a particular market, but maybe, maybe it's that or maybe it's the way you do it or maybe it's some of the, you know, the, the, the bells and whistles inside the system. What, what's sort of that real you know, differentiator for you guys?
4: Yeah, I mean, anyone can go to Upwork or Fiverr and create an account and, and offer services. We, we get about 3,000 applicants a week to get on our platform as service providers. And we spend a lot of time vetting them. We only let one out of every 100 out of, on our platform. And then for clients, I mean, it, it's free to sign up. There's no monthly fees. I know Upwork just jacked up their fees and added a bunch of, a bunch of monthly stuff. Um, but you don't have to browse. You don't have to go through all these different people. You just put in a request. And if you need a graphic designer, you tell us what you need. We'll introduce you to one person that's a fit within a business day. Most people come to us because they don't want to go through 30 people. But if you say 73, 75, whatever it is, we're happy to do it. And you can meet with them, interview them. If you like them, you can hire them, negotiate rate, agree to fix price. If you don't like them, you can click pass and provide us feedback, and we get you someone else right away. So it's a much quicker and more efficient process. And on the back end, I mean, I would put our customer support against anyone out there. We're all about that. And that that no turnover protection that, that I always wanted back in the day because turnover is that real killer as an entrepreneur, and I haven't heard of any other marketplace that has that.
1: So I think I'm starting to get it. Um, you know, I have had that experience in the past where I've used some of those other platforms and you know, you got to sift through hundreds of people, you got to post a particular job and everyone there, you know, from all around the world is throwing you different rates and work and it's hard to know who can do a good job. In fact, I would usually have to hire, you know, basically hire 3 people to do the same job to see what they might do with it, right? See the differences in the quality. Uh and you usually ended up with the one in the middle, right? The you know, there would be the expensive one, the super cheap one, the one in the middle. Um, but it sounds like you are, you know, being able to help business owners by doing a lot of that legwork in advance, having that kind of figured out for them and being able to say, if you need this job, here's this person and go, go get it done and, get, you know, let, we'll get out of your way here. Uh, have, I, have, I, have I articulated that correctly? And are there other types of ways that you're helping business owners as well?
4: Yeah, no, that was a great way to put it. It's funny because everyone hires a little differently. We have lots of clients who they're, they're so busy. They're so focused on growing their business and they use us for a while. They trust us and they put in a request. They get one person they hire him with, with barely interviewing him and they know that we have their back at all times and, and they just get to spend less time interviewing. And then we have other people that, that do what you said where they might hire two to three people and give them a trial or, or meet two to three options and interview them and decide who the fit is. And then we have some other clients who who kind of love going through lots of people i mean i have a really good client today who hired two people last week and today she's like send me 10 more options and she has this crazy interview process that she puts everyone through and she wants as many people as possible and what she liked is the fact that we pre-vetted all of them so she's kind of trying to take the the top one percent of the one percent and she likes the, the protection and that no turnover guarantee because she puts so much work into onboarding every virtual assistant that she's hiring so Everyone kind of goes about it a different way, but the platform is really there to be as efficient as possible to cater towards whatever your hiring process is while also protecting you on the back end.
1: So what's sort of the the vetting process then? You mentioned that, and that's got to be quite arduous for you guys. I mean, if you're getting thousands of those applications and you're only allowing one out of a hundred onto the platform, what are some of the things that you're trying to do to make sure that you're getting the right people there so that business owners can just show up and say, you know, give me that programmer or give me that designer or give me that, you know, assistant or whatever it is they need?
4: Yeah, great question. So years ago, I used to hire people just for skill. I'd hire someone with years of experience. I'd have some five-star reviews, maybe some references. And, and a few months later, it would blow up in my face. And I, I'd sit there wondering, how is this person who's so talented not a good fit for my business? And it's because I was just vetting for skill. And I wasn't vetting for attitude and communication as well. So when we're vetting, we're looking for skill, attitude, and communication. For skill, We don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10. We have people from 5 to 100 plus per hour. You can be an 8 out of 10. You can be a 3 out of 10 when it comes to skill. What we care about is that you're honest about what you can and cannot do and that you're priced accordingly. For attitude, we do one-on-one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about what they do, who aren't just in it for the paycheck. If I hire a bookkeeper, and as an entrepreneur, I hate doing bookkeeping, they need to love being a bookkeeper as much as I love being an entrepreneur have to be able to take feedback and not get aggressive when things don't go their way so we put them through a skill test we do one-on-one interviews for attitude and then we also have communication best practices that they have to memorize and get tested on because communication is everything if I hire someone and they have a great attitude and they have a great skill set but me and him or me and her can't communicate it's not going to work out so we have such a huge focus on communication they have to memorize it and get tested on our best practices And then once they get in, we hold them to these initial expectations. If they're taking on requests that they don't know how to do at a high level, we're not a place to experiment on our clients. If they're showing signs of a bad attitude and and not every client in the world is rainbows and butterflies, but we expect them to to be professional. Or if they are showing signs of poor communication, if they're not responding within a business day, if if me and my team have to contact them because the client can't get a hold of them, we're really quick to, to remove people from our platform. So that's really our process.
1: Yeah, and that's really important, and I, I can't – if someone hasn't ever done that process, I can't emphasize enough for you how much – how important it is what you're doing for them. Um, uh, being there that I've done it myself, it is such a pain in the butt, and you almost feel like you should have done the work yourself instead of bringing in a freelancer by the time you figure it out. So um, there really can be such a variance there. Uh, can Can you talk about what are some of the advantages, though, uh, for hiring a freelancer over bringing in someone as a full-time employee? You know, is it it that flexibility? Is it maybe just the spottiness of the job? Is it being able to access people from around the world? I mean, what what are some of those advantages that you see for people?
4: Yeah, and it's not just freelancers. It's virtual assistants and and agencies too. I mean, we we live in a pretty incredible time. If you go back 20 years ago, if you wanted to hire someone, you had to hire them full time. You had to, you're limited to your town and maybe the towns around you. You need an office, which added overhead. Now, fast forward ahead, you get access to talent from all around the world with different price points with different skill sets and, and specialties. Hey, you want a ClickFunnels person who has experience with dog products? That person is out there somewhere, and you don't, you're do not you not limited to just your town. And you can hire people part-time, full-time, project-based. You can hire someone to build your website and, and never talk to them again or have a graph designer that you go to for different projects throughout the year. So it just gives you a lot of flexibility as an entrepreneur along with Avoiding a lot of that overhead that that you can do now. I mean, I one of the worst business decisions that that I made Was opening up an office about eight years ago seven years ago And I mean I I took all these remote people and I put them in one location and and I found that not only did I add Overhead, but there was more drama. I felt like I created a a nine-to-five job for myself Everyone else was more miserable because they had to drive to work every day or was extra time extra expenses and and it, it just didn't work out so I think the, the whole working remote thing, we're going in that direction, and they predict that over the next 10 years, over 50% of the workforce is going to be remote. So if you're not taking advantage of that as an entrepreneur, your competitors are, or they will be at some point.
1: Yeah, and and I think that that's, you know, maybe, maybe not something that people always think about. It's not something that, that that's kind of relevant there for them, but should be, right? And so kind of think of how you can put that into your overall strategy, um, you know, I, I guess if we look at the overall strategy and we look at what companies are doing are you seeing certain business owners or companies being more successful for you know in hiring anywhere in the world you know with particular practices or strategies or what are you sort of seeing from the best you know employers out there that are doing it right
4: to me i like to set the best people do a good job separating the followers from the doers from the experts so for me a a follower you're going non-us you're going five to ten bucks an hour they're, they have years of experience for example I can get you someone with five years of customer service experience but the way that you do customer service is going to be different than the way that I do so I have to have a system and a process for them to follow and then you got the doers the the graphic designers the bookkeepers the writers They they're not there for you to teach them how to be a graphic designer but they're not consulting with you either and they do the same thing eight ten hours a day you're hiring them to do those tasks at a high level and then you got the experts, the high-level freelancers, the consultants, the agencies that bring their own strategy, their own system, their own process, and they can project manage, they can execute high-level game plans. And you're hiring those people for things that, that you're just not good at, and you don't have time to, to figure out. So I think that the best clients, the, the best people that are hiring remote, they're, they're, they know, hey, this is a task I have a system I have a process for. I'm going to hire someone to follow my process. Or, hey, I need this graphic design project done. I don't want to teach someone how to do it from scratch or how to use Photoshop. I'm going to hire a doer and and turn that weakness into a strength quickly. Or, hey, I don't want to spend the next six months learning how to be a Facebook ad expert. I can't do that with every part of my business. So I'm going to hire a Facebook ad agency to come in and crush it for me right from the beginning. And I think where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong is they they don't have, maybe they don't have a high budget, but they don't have the system. So they try to, to hire a a follower without those systems in place or they try to hire an expert and get the, the expert to do it their way instead of the the experts way so messing up those levels is where a lot of people go wrong and the clients that I see have success know hey this is what I need a follower for this is what I need to do or for and this is what I need an expert for
1: right. Well, inside of that, so, you know, you sort of talking about what, what makes a good employer, what some of them are doing. Where are you seeing the industry go? I mean, uh, the freelance and gig economy type, it, it really has changed over the last 10 years. It's changed a lot in the last three or four years. What are you sort of seeing maybe in the next couple of years or even beyond that, uh, that we might want to keep an eye on?
4: Yeah, I think from the from the offering services side, I think a lot of people realize that having one employee or one one client is, is incredibly risky. I mean, that company can go out of business, they can fire you, they can change direction, whatever it is, and, and you're left without any income stream where if you diversify and have different clients, it, if one falls off, yeah, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. You can diversify and protect yourself more. I think the average person realizes that they're, they're not productive working nine to five and driving to work every day and and, all, and being wearing uncomfortable clothes. And some people work better in the morning and some people work better at night or some people want a, a power nap in the afternoon. And none of that matters as long as stuff gets done. And I think corporate is starting to figure that out little by little and, and bigger companies are as well that, hey, I can get that same productivity if I give the person a little bit more flexibility. And for certain things, I, I don't need a full time person. I can just be one of someone's many other clients as long as my stuff's getting done at a high level and I think that we're more and more going in that direction I think more and more companies are figuring it out I think more and more people are changing the mindset from hey I don't want to be an employee anymore I want to be a business owner I want to be a freelancer I want to offer services and we're only going in that direction
1: right so as an entrepreneur, when do you think is the right time to start hiring for your business? And how should you decide, you know, what to take off your plate first? I mean, you talked about that early on about trying to get people in the door. A lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs early on are wearing a lot of hats. You know, is this really a strategy for them to be able to start baby steps to start, you know, to taking things off their plate and letting other people do them and bring in expertise? Um, you, you know, or should they start in particular areas first? Where, where, where do you think they should go?
4: Yeah, great question. I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so focused on when is that exact right time to hire? And to be honest, you're never gonna get it exactly right. That's impossible. You're you're either gonna do it a little bit early or a little bit late. You're never gonna hit it right on the money. So what what I recommend doing is look at how much money you're making month over month. If you're not making any profit, you you probably can't afford to hire. If you're making X amount of money, Say, hey, this is how aggressive or how conservative I want to be. If I want to be really aggressive, I want to go all in, build my empire. Maybe you're investing 40, 50, 60% of your profits back into the business. And if you want to be more conservative, maybe it's 10, 20, 30%, something in there. And once you figure out that percentage, then you can take a look. Hey, am I someone who's stuck in the day-to-day operations of my business and I need to focus more on big picture, the, the sales, the expansion, the marketing? then I need to hire a follower first. Or, hey, are these projects building up and I'm wearing too many hats and and I can't build my website and set up QuickBooks and do all these things? Well, I need to hire that specialist to just get this project done quickly. Or am I doing too much that's outside my comfort zone on a a high level and I'm trying to master every little thing? Or would it be faster for me to just hire that expert? So there's no right or wrong way. I will say that you should probably hire a little early rather than hire too late if you have to pick one or the other. But it really depends where you're at as a business owner. Some people are really good at automating stuff and and not doing the day-to-day as much. And a lot of entrepreneurs just get sucked into that so much that they really need to hire a bunch of followers or their business isn't going to grow.
1: Well, one of the things we can do as entrepreneurs and as leaders is to stay on top of what's happening and thinking about uh, how we can grow. And so... One of our favorite questions to ask is about books, and I'm wondering if there's a book that you're reading right now, or maybe one that you typically suggest that entrepreneurs check out.
4: Yeah, one of my favorite books is "Start with Why" with uh, Simon Sinek, and yeah. it really resonates with me. I mean, I I, I sold baby products for years. That was the, my first business was Amazon products. I I sold over 20 million dollars, but at the end of the day, I wasn't passionate about baby products then. I'm still not passionate about baby products now, and. And that business got old really fast. And for the first year or two, it was fun. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. This is exciting. And, and then it kind of gets old. And with free up, I kind of found that this new passion. I get to help businesses scale and grow and help freelancers and virtual assistants provide for their families. And, and there's a real purpose behind it and something that, that I truly believe in rather than me just pushing products all day. And, and when I read that book, it just really resonated with me on a personal level. And, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs get in it just for the money and they don't realize that that only works for so long so for me I I would definitely check out that book it kind of changed my mindset and and made me realize like why I love free up more than I did my Amazon business
1: right right well, it's certainly a great book to check out. and We've had a few guests uh, mention that book and uh, a lot of Simon Sinek's work and books are really uh, great places, I think, for anyone to start if they want to think about how to be a leader and when, how to think about focusing on your business in the right way. Uh, you know, how can people find out more about you? How can they find out more about Free Up, which is with three E's, I, I believe? Uh, how can they uh, find out more?
4: Yeah, so we have a Facebook group called Outsourcing Masters. If you're just getting started or you want to learn more, we post a lot of great content to help you. If you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar, my team's calendar is right at the top. And you can book a free meeting with us. We'd love to talk to you about the platform and, and how it can help you. You can create a, a free account, mention this episode, get a $25 credit to, to try us out. And you can connect with me on, on any social media channel Nathan Hirsch on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, what, whatever you use. I'm pretty easy to contact.
1: Well, fantastic. So uh, hopefully people can uh, reach out and find out more and take advantage of that offer. That uh, sounds great. And I certainly, you know, uh, if anyone needs uh, any extra motivation, I certainly I can tell you some horror stories uh, about trying to figure all this crap out yourself when you're trying to get just some money to help you with a project quickly. So certainly Nathan's platform can be uh, really the, the help that you need. So Uh, Thanks so much for being on the show today. really appreciate you uh, sharing everything around uh, your journey as an entrepreneur and also uh, how you're helping freelancers and assistants and everyone else get where where they need to be and get them all connected with the right companies to get that work done. Uh, Hopefully, we have you come back at some point and give us an update on everything that you're doing.
4: Awesome. Really appreciate you having me on.
1: All right, thank you so much. So uh, don't forget, everyone. Uh, we'll tune in uh, next week. You'll join me uh, with uh, Annette Franz, the founder and CEO of CX Journey, and then Lisa uh, DiVirgilio Arnold uh, will return to the show. I think she's been on once or twice now since her uh, appearance on Shark Tank. Uh, she's the COO of We Are Mammoth, so we'll bring her back on as well. Can't wait to get caught up with them. Um, until then, show we, do what you love. <laughs> Excuse me. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today.